ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وقلق منها زوجها وبث منهم رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد Throughout history, many civilizations had to deal with critical problems of their time. Solving them were pivotal to their advancement and their success, and the success of those that followed them relied on them focusing on these critical issues and striving their utmost for the solution. There are many examples of this throughout history. Abu Bakr al-Sadiq, the first caliph, had to deal with rebellion and expansion. Uh, after the death of Prophet ﷺ. And this was a very critical point in the history of Islam. And what's important is that Abu Bakr al-Sadiq did not lose heart and he faced the situation with utmost courage and iman. So, uh, when these rebels were launching a fierce attack on Islam, even claiming to follow a false prophet, Abu Bakr al-Salam dealt with it with a firm response, realizing the, vital, the vitalness of the issue. And he crushed the apostasy, disorder and rebellion. And this opened the eyes of those who thought Islam may have died out after the death of Prophet Furthermore, Umar ibn al-Khattab nicknamed Amir al-Mu'mineen and al-Faruq, the differentiator between right and wrong. Umar ibn al-Khattab worked endlessly to expand this deen, taking over the Sassanid and Byzantine empires. If it were not for this, many of the countries that we are from, Islam would not have even reached. And he realized that Critical, the, the critical nature of this issue to spread Islam. Uh, furthermore, Uthman an, he was tasked with preserving the Quran. So at the time there was a seven Qur'at and there was a, a big, big danger as Islam was expanding to all these lands. And the speed that it was, was that it could have changed the meaning with these different Qur'at and people may have had multiple different versions of the Quran. So Uthman an, he continued the work of Abu Bakr so that he took the initiative to establish a small group uh, led by Zayd ibn Thabit, the leader. Abdullah bin Zubayr was also in the group, and Sayyid bin Al-As, and Abdurrahman bin Harith. And they all made transcripts of the original copy, and then uh, once they had the uniform, uh, they came to consensus that this was the... Uh, perfect Quran, exactly as it was revealed, then this was distributed. And this was very, very important so that the Quran did not fall. Allah SWT allowed it to be preserved in this way so that it didn't fall into the same error as the Bible and the Torah. And this was all done in less than 20 years after the Prophet death. And all the copies of the Quran we have today are exactly this version, the Uthmani version. So, furthermore, Ali radiallahu an, yeah? He, he strove uh, in, a similar, in a similar manner. The fourth caliph, uh, the Khalifa Rashida, 
So he also was uh, similar to Abu Bakr, he also had this problem of massive rebellion when he came into power. And uh, all these tribes, they wanted power. But Ali actually did not want to fight them initially. He tried to reason with them. And this was his uh, primary uh, method of trying to uh, get rid of them. But then when, the, when they weren't agreeing and this was not enough, and all they wanted to do was become in power and just undermine the Islamic uh, government, the Khilafah, then that's when he was forced to fight and preserve unity. And in 36, uh, after Hijra, Ali's army dealt a crushing blow to the group that came to known to be known as the Khawajites. And what about Hadith experts? The Hadith experts also strived endlessly for our deen. Sahih Bukhari and Imam Muslim, who their critical issue of their time was this fabrication to Hadith. In the third century, they took the, top, they took the job of doing critical research of the Hadiths that were uh, narrated and compiled in the first two centuries. Sahih al-Bukhari, can, uh, the book contains 7,275 Hadith which al-Bukhari chose from 600,000 hadith. Imagine how much effort he put into just so that the deen, just so that the hadith could be preserved. And the Sahih Muslim contains 9,200 hadith, which Imam Muslim selected from 300,000 hadith. And they exerted this effort because they knew the importance and the significance of preserving this deen and striving for this deen. So they were not satisfied just by simply doing the five pillars or doing the basics. But they knew it was an obligation strive for knowledge and pass it on and also to protect this thing because the hadith making sure that there were no fabrications was a very crucial issue because it separated the qatai from the dhani the definitive from the doubtful and also moving on from this the noble four iman who also arose at a similar time the same objective of preserving the deen was a priority in their life imam malik hanifi imam shafi imam hanifi imam hanbali they dealt with the critical issue of their time as well, which was dealing with the arising of flawed opinions which had no basis in Islam. And they systemized the Islamic law into a comprehensive rational system which covered all possible legal situations. And this is not to say that it didn't exist before, but they formalized it so that people who were trying to bring foreign opinions that had no basis in Islam, they were uh, not given the standpoint to stand on. And it's important to know, I'm repeating, you can see the general gist that's coming along here, is that these people noted, noted that there was a problem in their time. There was something that may have affected Islam. So they strove and they worked to overcome it. And they took initiative to do that. What about later on, Salah al-Din Ayyubi, who defeated the Crusaders in a decisive battle of Hattin in 565 uh, after Hijra? liberating what we call modern-day Palestine, realizing the importance, the importance of the area in Islam. The extent of the massacre of the Crusaders when they took over Palestine was that it was said that they rode in blood up to their knees when they overtook Jerusalem. And for Salahuddin Ayyubi understood the importance, the importance and the seriousness of this issue, and he rallied the people to bring the eventual victory to Islam. And such was his stature and the stature of Islam that the Christians were treated honorably and allowed to stay in harmony or live in peace. And what about Muhammad al-Fatih, the Ottoman Sultan? At the age of 21, he conquered Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul, and brought an end to the Byzantine Empire, just at the age of 21. So, from all these individuals, may Allah reward them all, they made immense sacrifices 
to solve the problems that they did. They did not only focus on themselves, but they sought to analyze the problems and prioritize on the vital issues that were affecting Islam. They applied their apple, directed by the Quran and Sunnah and strove for solutions. They realized that the vital issues in Islam are not up for debate. They're not to be compromised. And we have to struggle for them. And most importantly, they took initiative to do this. So what is the main problem of our time? Is there a great problem affecting us today? When Yemen is facing the largest humanitarian crisis in the world, 22 million people are in need of humanitarian assistance. The country is on brink of famine. A million people have suffered from the worst cholera outbreak in modern history. And this is not from the bombs of UK or US or whatnot. It's from the Saud, land of, the land of Tawheed, supposedly, behind it. Or the Uyghur Muslims in China, one million in re-education uh, indoctrination trap camps. And these Muslims, they're elderly among the community, they're making sacrifices to go instead of their children. And 1.1 million people have been detained in these uh, education camps, according to the NGO Chinese Human Rights Defenders and Equal Rights Initiative. And in a Human Rights Watch report, former detainees at these internment camps have recounted being shackled to beds, chairs, subjected to sleep deprivation, as well as being beaten and hung from ceilings and walls. Or have we forgotten about Rohingya? Do we just follow the news as the spotlight turns on and off with the news? There's still an estimated 700,000 of them in refugee camps, stateless and stranded, with Myanmar building a fence surrounded with landmines preventing their return. So does this not agitate us? Will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not ask us what we did while we were busy indulging in X and Y uh, whilst the Muslim Ummah was being butchered? Or in Idlib, where Muslims are being butchered again by the hands of Assad, supported by Turkey and Iran, I hasten to add, under the so-called war on terror. You kill a, they kill a half a million innocent civilians, a number which is probably a huge, huge underestimate, and then they accuse each of them for being terrorists, for, wanting, for not wanting to live under a tyrant, and wanting self-determination, fighting for the right to self-determination, to determine their own uh, will, to determine their own uh, system that they live under. So, there's so many more examples, not to mention Palestine and Kashmir, but there's simply not enough time. But the important point that I'm getting at is that if just one of the millions, one of the millions of these people who were killed, forced to starve to death, shot in the head by a sniper, just as if it was a game, had chemical thrown in his face, was one of our family members who we loved very much, would we be satisfied just to, just to say, no, there's no solution, I can't do anything, it's not, I'm not going to even attempt to analyse or diagnose the problem, let me just focus on myself. So, even though Islam has mandated that these are our very brothers and sisters, and the bond of Islam is even stronger than that of blood. Now let's look at the reality. The reality behind all of these issues is indeed political. And the regards to the system, it's in regards to the system that governs our world today. The reality is that we have 50, over 50 Muslim countries, but not one of them cares to stand up for the Muslims, let alone represent and implement Islam to solve the world's problems. Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said, Allah 
Only the Iman is a shield behind whom you fight and protect yourself with. So if he orders by taqwa and is just then and is just, then he is rewarded for that. And if he orders by other than that, then that is against himself in fact in Muslim. So where has this shield gone? For many decades it has been gone now. And thus there's no one to protect us. The shield has been taken from us. And to go beyond that, now we're being told that this shield is garbage. This shield never even existed. This shield that you're talking about is uh, it didn't exist because there was no khilafah. And they're telling us, jump to our shield, our shield of liberal values, democracy, freedom, and abandon Islam. And to, if we do this, as we, can, as, as we may be doing now, we'll fall again and again and again in this vicious perpetuating cycle. So this is the critical issue of our time. As all the uh, Sahaba and uh, the leaders that follow on from, they had critical issues that they strove to solve. And uh, Alim say that two-thirds of the Qur'an cannot even be implemented without it. Do we wish to be like the Bani Israel who practice some of the book and neglect the rest? It says in the Qur'an, Al-Baqarah, verse number 85, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْدِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْدِ فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَى أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ وَمَا أَلَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ So do you believe in part of the scripture and disbelieve in part? Then what is the recompense for those who do that among you? Except disgrace in worldly life and on the day of resurrection. They will be sent back to the severest of punishment. And Allah is not unaware of what you do. He also says in Surah Al-Maidah verse 44. وَمَنْ لَيَّحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ And whoever does not rule by what Allah has revealed are indeed disbelievers. So we are threatened with being disbelievers. This is not my words. Many shayuk from history have come to this consensus that we are threatened with being disbelievers if we do not rule by what Allah has revealed and doom if we care to only practice part of the book and neglect the rest. So, just like those before us who strove for Islam and dealt with the vital issues of our time, we need to ask ourselves, what is the Shari Islamic solution to the critical problem that we are facing? And then ask ourselves, have we understood it from the Quran and Sunnah? And then ask ourselves, are we doing it? And then ask ourselves, are we doing it to the best of our ability? We need to want the Islamic solution to our problems. And we should only accept this, nothing less. We should only want the return of our shield, to return our dignity and our honor. We need to learn the Islamic solutions from the Quran and Sunnah and give da'wah and spread awareness to this. And if it's not working, people are not listening, then we need to try harder. We need to learn it even more, with more depth. Learn the Arabic language, become experts in the field. So, living in the luxury of the West, 
while the Ummah is starving and dying, do we think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not ask us what we did? Our test is here. And we have a limited amount of time on this earth, from this point now, to prove to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we've done enough. And to be honest with you, this is not something that we should feel as a burden. We should actually, in fact, be overjoyed. We should be so happy that we may have the opportunity to re-establish Islam in its entirety and be among the beloved of Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment. And this is the greatest achievement. And the Quran tells us to strive until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Anshiqaq, it says in verse number 6, يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانُ إِنَّكَ كَادِهٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ كَدَقًا فَمُلَاحِي O man, surely you must strive to attain to your Lord a hard striving until you meet him. So, we need to strive for this. And of course, we make dua, we pray, we fast. We, make, we try to, our best to wake up for the night in the, in the middle of the night to pray the Hajjad. But to be honest, this doesn't even need to be said. This is like our oxygen and water. But on the other hand, we can't neglect our duty to the Ummah in terms of a desire for a political solution for the most critical problem of our time. And we can't make dua to Allah and say, Allah, do it for us. And then tie ourselves to, and at the same time tie ourselves to the bed. Of course, we make as much du'a as possible. That's that's a given. But beyond that, du'a also comes with action. So yes, it was, it's also true that victory will come when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wills, and only with His permission. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does not need us to do anything. He's all powerful. He has power over all things. But we don't do it for the results. We don't do it. For uh, becoming uh, a champion or becoming becoming a leader, we don't do it for that. We only do it as slaves to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and for the reward. That should be our motive and our desire. Abu Bakr Abu Bakr Siddiq One cannot even imagine the reward he has for saving Islam from the rebellions at such an early stage. Or Uthman for working to preserve the Quran. Or Sahih Bukhari or Imam, uh, Imam Muslim for compiling, going at such length, 600,000 hadith, uh, Sayyid Bukhari went through, going at such length to preserve the deen, or Salahuddin Ayubi for reopening Palestine, as we discussed earlier. So they all work day and night to tackle the critical problem of their time, and this is how they reach their noble status. So the question that arises is that if we want to be rewarded for striving to solve this critical problem of our time, the lack of an Islamic entity that represents and implements Islam in its entirety in terms of economic, social, environmental problems that the world is suffering with now. So, if we do not do so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will simply replace us with a generation that will. And this is something that should haunt us. And it's not a question of if it will happen or when it will happen. Prophet said, then there will be a khilafah. Well, it's not even a question of when, to be honest, for us. But it is actually if we want to be rewarded for striving for the solution. Or punished for neglecting our obligation. 
Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammadin kama salli ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim innaka Hamidun Majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammadin kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim innaka Hamidun Majid Allahumma ajurna min al-nar Allahumma ajurna min al-nar Allahumma ajurna min al-nar Rabbana atina fi dunya hasnata wa fi al-akhirati hasnata wa qinna azab al-nar Rabbana wala tuhamilna mana tuqata lana bihi wafu anna waqfir lana wa rahamna anta maulana khansuna ala al-qawmi al-kafirin Allahumma izza al-islamu muslimin Allahumma izza al-islamu muslimin Allahumma izza wal-islamu muslimin Rabbana afir alayna sabran wa tawaffana muslimun Rabbana afir alayna sabran wa tawaffana muslimun Rabbana afir alayna sabran wa tawaffana muslimun Rabbana alayka tawakalna wa ilayka anabna wa ilayka al-masir Rabbana alayka tawakalna wa ilayka anabna wa ilayka al-masir Inna allaha ya'muhu bil-adli wal-ihsani wa ita'i dil-quba Wa yanha'an al-fahshai wal-munqawi wal-baghi Ya'idhakum la'allakum tadakkaroon الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله واستعوا تدلوا واستعوا وتدلوا الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمي الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر 
الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هو الله أهدى الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أهدى الله أكبر الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Guys, last week someone left this muffler and took a one which was very similar to this one which was mine so if that was you, please, let's exchange again.